Ah, oh, for Christ's sake, Anakin. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. Uh, I'm your host, Matthew Neugebauer, and it is uh, November 24th, time of time of recording uh, tonight. Uh, it was a nice day here in, in suburban Toronto, uh, oddly enough. It's been pretty overcast just to set the stage, but you know, that's par for the course here in Toronto. Why not? Um, <laughs> maybe let some sun break through. Uh, if you're listening in other parts of the world, like in sunny Alberta or who knows where else, uh, let me know what the weather's like where you are. That's pretty fun. Um, calling this episode, uh, what's in a name? And I'll explain, uh, that in a second, although that it's episode 16. I'm going to, of course, in the Roman numerals, episode XVI, which is going to make me think of Benedict the 16th, uh, Pope Emeritus who retired, uh, of course, for popes nowadays who choose their name, at least for the last few centuries, their name is is significant, and names in Star Wars are significant. This is actually going to be this is going to be a fun episode, I think, going to have a little bit of fun, um, but kind of mm, get into speculation. Probably some some serious hidden meanings will pro- crop up. Who knows? Um, this is so so. Well, we'll just you know this. I'm, I'm contemplating uh, this being the last episode of uh, season one. I'll still continue with the regular numbering, but uh, I was thinking of things are about to get a little busy with church, so things are uh, cropping up. I'm having, you know, I mean, I'm going to try and keep this regularly, but of course, the main reason is I I had planned, you know, the, the church calendar is ending. And, uh, more, well, not more important for our purposes, but pretty important for our purposes. We are, believe it or not, three weeks away. Three weeks from now, I will have seen The Last Jedi. You may have, you may have, well, seen The Last Jedi, maybe. Uh, I have my first ticket. I don't have my brother's ticket or my parents' ticket yet, but I, I will buy... I buy some tickets and uh, gonna, gonna watch a watch a Star War, watch a new Star War uh, coming out three weeks away. It, it, it's crazy because you think about it, we were waiting for uh, the Force Awakens. We waited from that from 2012 to 2015. Got 20, got in 2015. We waited for we've been waiting for the Last Jedi since 2012. We've been waiting for that one for five years, uh, not knowing just how much we'd want it and everything we've heard, everything we've seen. I've kind of avoided the the, the TV spots as best I can. Um, can't always do that perfectly. Don't really necessarily want to do it absolutely perfectly. What I've seen, what I've heard, what we've all heard, uh, is going to challenge Revenge of the Sith for my favorite. It's going to challenge Empire for some people's favorites. That's too early to tell. Well, for most people's favorites, I should say. <laughs> Too early to tell. Um, but they, they've they hyped it up. It's weird. They have not managed expectations on this one at all. And um, so that kind of makes me slightly nervous just because I it means I'm expecting so much. Um, kind of slide into how I'm doing fandoms and whatnot. Um, Star Warsing, etc. Um, 
I expected a lot a lot more out of Thor Ragnarok than out of Justice League. Uh, Marvel has it always has pride of place in my heart, and so I feel kind of traitorous traitor. Uh, cue that sound that sound uh, by saying yeah, I, I enjoyed Justice League more. Uh, can I say that on a Star Wars podcast? Yeah, why not? It's my podcast. I enjoyed Justice League more. It went just part, but probably because of expectations. Um, probably because you know, every DC movie, including Wonder Woman, has kind of underwhelmed me. Um, Wonder Woman was a good film. I think I thought Justice League was actually great enough character moment enough character moments to contribute to the wider whole. We knew going in. It was another team movie. Um, saw Thor Ragnarok. Uh, it, it was pretty good. Um, I need to see it again. Uh, it, I, it was pretty funny. I need to... I wonder... Here's another thing. I mean, I'm seeing Force Awakens, or Last Jedi, rather, in 3D. I wonder if 3D just takes something out of it for me. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, I will probably want to be seeing Last Jedi also in 2D and other formats. Um... So that's that's movies. Uh, a few other things. So I started in, in Phasma. I, I got back to it yeah, in preparation for the Last Jedi, and it, it's really interesting. It, it's it's telling two different stories in two different timelines, in two different time periods, I should say. Uh, I think they're going to. I'm about a third of the way through, and I think they're going to link up. The stories are going to link up somehow. Um, well, I'm pretty sure they are. Very fascinating. Definitely filling out a lot of uh, of Phasma's character. Um, gives you know, gives her content at all. Uh, we I just watched The Force Awakens last night. It was it was exciting. It was an enjoyable film. Uh, first time I think, frankly, you know, I think it's the first time I'd seen it in 2017 calendar year. Oddly enough, I guess because I've seen Rogue One more. It was exciting. It flowed really well. Uh, you know, enjoy. Of course, we we know this already. Uh, you know, um, you know, Ray is still such an interesting, fascinating character. One of the one of the strongest and most interesting characters, frankly. And this is this is me saying for Christ's sake, Anakin. <laughs> one of the strongest, most interesting characters uh, we've we've encountered, at least over one film, to actually hook us and Daisy Ridley and. But Daisy Ridley and J.J. Abrams and all them. Um, this is stuff you know. You guys all know already, uh, or, or at least likely think. If not, that's fair. Um, but I don't know what you're missing. But uh, that's a whole other debate there. Um, yeah, and and but Phasma, yeah, very fascinating. Why she always wears a mask, even in the Phasma comic, you never see her face. She goes from one mask to another. Um, and, and so it's interesting. Another another thing I've uh, gone into is watched watch playthroughs of the Battlefront Two story mode. I, I'm not that big of a gamer. I, I'm dabbling, play FIFA, um, but watch YouTube playthroughs of Battlefront, Battlefront Two story mode. It's an interesting story. Uh, it it isn't what I expected. Of course, we've only, I mean, Junina Gamankar has said we've only uh, seen two-thirds of the story. So, there's another third coming two day, well, a day before I see The Last Jedi. Uh, two days before, so on December 13th it comes out. Um, 
And so we'll see if that's closer, more in line with what we were expecting. Um, it was surprising. I watched uh, the playthrough I watched was was not of a Star Wars fan. It was of a gamer who does games. And that, that was fine. Um, but, but I mean, when things happen in it, I wanted to say I actually thought, okay, hold on. Can we stop and talk about this for a minute? So I switched over to, to Alex Damon's Star Wars Explained feed. And that, that was fine. That was good too. I'm gonna keep going with that. Cause he's uh, uh, he, he's putting it mission by mission also, and giving his commentary on it. And he's, of course, he, he's one of the his his channel is just boomed. And I mentioned it a lot here because he goes into the story and the lore and, and what's going on. Um, but I will say and and that the the the, the story mode itself very much fits in wonderfully with the canon and uh what happened after this isn't the spoiler what happened happened after return of the jedi um they're really doing a good job of i've mentioned this before of giving us diff, a, a wider picture of same common events and that's and they're doing a good job and it's not feeling overladen like in in uh from a certain point of view, was was a wonderful book. Uh, way too much about the cantina, <laughs> and way too much on Tatooine. Well, I don't feel this way about about sort of the the rise of the rebellion and the fall of the empire and everything that happened afterwards in between. I think we're getting enough. Uh, we're getting some some good stuff. So that's uh, that's how I'm Star Warsing. I'm gonna take a swig of water. I'm gonna have some fun here. Um, so, yeah, it, as, as kind of a, a last episode, a bit of the, of the season. I don't know how when I'm gonna I might find some time in the next few weeks to to pop in another one. Maybe, I mean, gonna start talking the Last Jedi. So, but let's have some fun. So, in Star Wars, oh, what's in a name? There are, I mean, names. Just like in ancient Near Eastern literature and lots of literature, probably, you know, sure, in literature today, names have meaning. Names matter in terms of what the person's character is like. What, in in the Bible, it was all about what that person's destiny is. Um, that's why, for example, when, when Abram becomes Abraham, it's because his destiny goes from being father of a nation to father of many nations. When Jacob becomes Israel, he goes from supplanter to wrestled with God and one in the name of the nation itself um, in the narrative. When Simon, I, I quite, can't quite remember what, what Simon means, but when he makes makes his confession that he proclaims that Jesus, this Jesus is the Messiah, uh, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. Um, <laughs> which is kind of funny with Peter because he he isn't very stable that first bit. He isn't much of a a calming, you know, clear presence right afterwards. As, as you know, what do you know? He turns around and rebukes Christ for wanting to for proclaiming that he's going to go and get crucified. So, uh, seeing something. That isn't necessarily apparent immediately. Of course, we go to Acts and we see 
Peter standing up there and very at Pentecost and and saying this is the Messiah and this is, these are the last days I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh all that uh, leads the church in its first uh, in in its first moments and first years and um, you know part of God's plan as to why we're we are where we are today <laughs> um, while we're still going you know um, and so. What I'd like to do again, have a little fun here. Names in Star Wars that have a clear biblical parallel, uh, have a you know clear biblical resonance, and um, who was the original, the biblical character? What might that say about <laughs> about the uh, the character in Star Wars? And again, some of these are going to be more far gone than others some of them are just going to be wild speculation some of these are going to be uh tenuous some of them are going to be make sense i think and be pretty fairly clear um the first one as i look at my last jedi uh tin here luke skywalker uh saint luke the evangelist is his gospel stands out for two reasons i'd say um, in my mind, first, it gives us the clearest, the most detailed, fullest account of Christ's birth. Um, and secondly, Luke combined with Acts, Gospel of Luke combined with Acts, which, of course, tradition says is also written by Luke, um, is, or, or written by the same guy with the same community. We don't know if his name is Luke. Um, let's just say, for tradition's sake and argument. Um, what's happening what happens there is it starts small in Nazareth and in Galilee and backwater and then goes makes its trajectory like a flint to Jerusalem and then in Acts it goes from Jerusalem to Antioch and to uh, <coughs> other parts of you know, Ephesus and other places and it follows Paul and, and, and his missionary journeys all the way to Rome and the church in Rome and the wider world and so I, th I think it's kind of fun. I don't know if George Lucas had this at all. Um, talking about the, the infancy narrative, I mean, I don't see much parallel there. Uh, we see Anakin's kind of shady, confusing, mysterious, mystical past. We don't get the kind of detail. And we shouldn't ever get that kind of detail. Um, <coughs> please never give it to us. Um <coughs> But with Luke's story, I mean, it is all about starting on Tatooine in, out in the middle of the boonies and gallivanting across the galaxy, you know, flying to the to Alderaan and the rubble and then the Death Star meeting up with this princess. This is a, a, a farm boy and throughout, he, at least throughout A New Hope, he's this innocent farm boy who then gets linked up to the rebellion, you know, as 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 Obi Wan, as Ben, well, Ben, whatever Obi Wan says, but your first steps into a larger world, and uh, and so I think if there is a parallel, it's Luke, the the Luke the evangelist describes the church's first steps into the large this larger world that is the Roman Empire and this <laughs> little subversive Jewish sect that. Uh, goes out into the rest of the empire even into the heart of the empire um 
and ultimately, of course, as we see, having global significance uh, today. Luke Skywalker starts Nothing Farm Boy on Tatooine, uh, goes, you know, like I said, goes to Alderaan, linked up with this rebellion, learns the ways of the Force, uh, and finds that he's the son of the greatest Jedi who's ever lived, most powerful Jedi at least. Um, finds that you know he's tempted himself to the dark side to seek power and the the corruption of the empire. Just the way Christianity has always been tempted to do that, um, but ultimately is able to withstand the dark side. At least by the time of Return of the Jedi. What happens in the Last Jedi? We see there. I don't think he's ever gonna. They can't cheapen. What happened with the Last Jedi? They were sorry, Return of the Jedi. They can't cheapen that. I mean, as Mark Hamill said, you know, he has an arc. Um, but there are ways of looking back on that, and ways of assessing the world as it is, and um, you know, I mean, the New Testament is never optimistic about uh, current society. If it might seem like it is at times. Paul might seem like he's being that way at times. He's he's not really. He thinks it's gonna you know, go up in flames or or just well no he doesn't think it's going up in flames. It's gonna be restored. Anyway, all that to say, uh, neat parallel with Luke. Leia, I don't know. Kind of here so Leia Leia in the Bible different spelling. She's the first daughter of Laban who marries Joseph. Or Jacob, rather, Joseph, Jacob's first wife, um, Rachel. She's kind of elderly, a bit elderly, matronly. I mean, that was just a bit more of a a, a fun connection with the names. Um, here, here's one that's going to be kind of off the beaten path. Bear with me here. Palpatine. <laughs> yes, those are the table top. Palpatine, really? What? Now, what we know about Palpatine is what's well, very close to the Palatine Hill. And I believe in Rome, the Palatine Hill is where the the Imperial, uh, what's it called, the institutes were, institutions were, they certainly part of the Empire's might and oppressive might. Um, and... And so what we see, of course, in the book of Revelation is all about uh, confronting this beast, this antichrist, um, the, the serpent and the devil <laughs> that has infected our societies or, or whatnot and, and society at the time. With these lore of power and Babylon the Great, Babylon the Whore, um, you know, in Palp for Palpatine it's peddling peace and security at the cost of your soul, right? Uh, so there's actually, I think there's more to that one than, than meets the eye. Yoda, I, I've always thought this was this was most intentional. So Yoda, in Hebrew, Yoda means wisdom and knowledge. Uh, so I think that, that's fairly clear. I mean, when... when Luke comes to him by the time Luke comes to him when we first see him. I mean, he's kind of a trickster, a gamester. We don't know. 
we know he, he seeks some mysterious figure named Yoda. Um, that's uh, right. That, that's you know, he, he he's full of wisdom. He's full of experience. Uh, kind of cranky still. Doesn't want to teach Luke at all. Train Luke at all. We know from from certain point of view he wants to train Leia, and that might seem the wise thing. He relents. He's a source of wisdom and knowledge. And I think that was that was an intentional parallel there. Um, just a few more things. So here's a joking one. This isn't serious. Anakin, uh, uh, the Anakin were uh, <laughs> this race of giants. No, that, that's actually I read. Janine Gavankar actually posted a an article. I think in StarWars.com. It's actually named after the the Greek god Ananke. I think uh, the Greek god of inevitability, uh, kind of inevitable that Luke would come along. <coughs> so, um, so no, that's not, and and I don't think Padme's a reference either. So here's here's a few. So if you've seen Star Wars Rebels, there are there are well, I guess there are three or four references centered on two characters. Uh, this this is where the speculation. This is going to be kind of. I think kind of Ezra Bridger. So where so Ezra the prophet Ezra was uh, <coughs> descended from one of the priests of the old temple. <coughs> Sorry, <coughs> he uh, he's part of the the exiles in Babylon who returned to Jerusalem after the exile with Nehemiah rebuild the temple, um, rebuild the city. And he's, of course, he's a priest, and he uh, reforms the the community, the religious community. He's the first to offer sacrifices, again, under this new temple. And, it, you know, it, you read his story, it isn't a full restoration. It isn't this glorious end time age that they maybe were hoping for, but it's still some kind of restoration, some kind of future hope. Um, you know, it means, uh, I forget what it, the name itself means. Um, but that's a clear, I mean, named Ezra Bridger. Um, so here's what I think is, is what if that was a clue to Ezra's destiny? And he, <coughs> he comes back to Lothal. After, uh, you know, in the midst of these ruins and seeing what happens in the end of season four, we'll see. Uh, we we think he's, <coughs> I think he's going to try and lead a rebellion. Um, or at the very least, I mean, we see ancient ruins of, of Jedi, temp Jedi temples and whatnot. What if he he's meant to come back and be the Jedi that re restores these these things? Maybe after the Empire has fallen, I don't know how this would happen. Maybe, maybe I mean, there's got to be something important about Lothal here, and yeah, you know, Lothal under occupation with an Ezra coming to it. Uh, I think there's got to be so there might be something to. As we use as a bridger using that, uh, uh, using those temples, using the 
with all the planet's connection to the Force as a way to drive out the Empire. Um, Ezra in the Bible isn't the revolutionary. He actually comes under the Babylonian Empire's authority. Um, but I mean, there are locals that he has to ward off because they, they see him as a threat. Um, but more importantly, again, reforms the temple, rebuilds the temple. Um, who knows? Maybe again, after the Empire falls, he comes back. We'll see. It's kind of a similar story to the Maccabees in that way. Um, Bridger, I'm wondering if there's something about that, the name. His uh, his parents are named Ephraim and Mira. And so there's clearly a Hebrew connection there. Ephraim is explicitly another explicitly Hebrew word, Hebrew name. Um, so you might have heard it pronounced Ephraim different ways. Uh, that So Ephraim was one of the sons of, of Joseph who came back and buried his father in went back from slavery and buried him when, when, when they settled the land. Um, uh, now, you know, maybe there's some connection there. What we know about Ezra's parents is that they were, they spoke out against the empire and were taken out for it. Um, Ephraim, Ephraim as a tribe actually was out on the, the, east side of the, the Jordan River and when the, the land that was promised was all on the west side so they kind of copped out I don't know if maybe that's the kind of thing about how he's out of the picture um, or I mean a bridge I don't know <laughs> uh, what we do know is uh, you know Ezra's something special with Ezra you know, his, his Ezra's mother's name Mira um, didn't quite remember what that might mean but you know again very Hebrew sound um Bridger again maybe he they're bridging the time uh, between past and present coming back restoring things I I think I think I mean I think Ezra's gonna be maybe a bridge to the unknown regions I don't know I do think Ezra is actually going to end up being a force for good uh going forward I don't. I'm not convinced he's going to go dark side. I think again, because just cause, not just because of the name, but you see in season four, which I think is fantastic. He he's tapping into uh, something. He's tapping into it in the way I've described the light side, and he's being sensitive to the will of the force. He's being uh, open to where it's guiding his connection with animals. I mean, space whales and all these other things we thought with filler, clearly. Uh, connection to these loth wolves that are very much tied into what the planet is doing. I think that's why we're staying on Luthal for a while now, uh, for the last few episodes. I understand the need to link up to the rest of the rebellion, but uh, again, maybe Ezra's got some uh, galaxy spanning implications uh, by staying on Luthal. We'll see. Um, Speaking of which, though, speaking of the promised land, <laughs> his master, his teacher, when we first see him, he's Canaan Jarrus. Canaan is, there's two things there, two not so nice things there. That sounds a little bit like Cain, uh, who offered the kind of the, the weaker sacrifice, not trusting God. 
and he killed his brother Abel. I don't think there's much connection there. Canaan, the land of Canaan, uh, was was the land that you know the land of the Canaanites that the people that were in the land that the Israelites were told to go in and, and possess and take out. That's a whole thing about peace and violence that I've talked about before. You can check those out. Um, but what did end up happening is uh, the Israelites would go in and they wouldn't uh, this again, this is complicated in terms of 21st century morality, but they'd succumb to the wider culture of the Canaanites and they'd uh, basically cover themselves and hide, in a way, hide behind their Canaanite deities so they could fit in and be and get by. Um, what we know about Canaan Jairus is that that's not his real name. It's not his initial name. He picks it up after Order 66 as, again, a way after the Empire uh, wipes up the Jedi. Uh, he's, he's a Padawan at this time. As a way of hiding and getting by, of course, we also know that he became becomes a scoundrel. He His choice in the dark times in exile is just to give up and not live for anyone else. Just not know what to do. Just I mean, he meets up, he links up with, this is in one of the comics, great comic run. He links up with um, a smuggler who kind of helps him out, but we next see him in A New Dawn. He's a miner who drinks half the day and then works the other half of the day, and life is going nowhere. <laughs> um, he's hiding his true self, because what can you do? It's It's... To fit, fit in and get by in this empire that's hostile. His real name is Caleb Doom. I don't know Doom, D-U-M-E. I don't know if that has any kind of connotation. But Caleb is, of course, another Hebrew name. Um, and it makes me immediately think of, and there's a connection with the land of Canaan there. Caleb was one of the original spies that Joshua sends in. Uh, they're standing just at the edge of the, the Jordan River, and just at the edge of the land. And Joshua sends in these spies just to scout, just to find out. Um, and, and Caleb's one of them, he comes back and says, well, yeah, <clears throat> this is this incredibly prosperous, fruitful people, the Canaanites. Uh, but, and, and, but it is the land of flowing with milk and honey. It is the land that we've been promised. Um, we can go in and take it. God has promised this to us. Caleb, interestingly enough, means has to do with the dog. Uh, there's some connection there, according to the Wikipedia article. And, again, I wonder if there is some connection with the Lothwolves there, with um, the ability of for the rebels to actually get the, this impetus to actually... Um, or, or even just in almost all to come back and restore things. But in the galaxy as a whole. I mean, with both Ezra and Canaan and Caleb Doom, Canaan, I don't know. We're, we've been calling him Canaan, but maybe I should start calling him Caleb. <laughs> I don't know. He, there's this destiny of uh, telling the next generation. Because Caleb, he's old, he doesn't really survive much longer. 
I don't know if, if Kanan is going to survive this season. Depending on the next generation and saying, you can go in and restore. And what we see with the Rebellion shortly after this is, we see in Rogue One, we see the Battle of Scarif. We see people debating, can we do this? Do we need to do this? Um, maybe some people, you know, maybe your Admiral Radis and, and Mon Mothma have Caleb's example in their minds of saying, yes, we can go and, and pursue diplomatic means, uh, bring, bring true peace to the galaxy. Uh, we don't, maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and this is, that, that's kind of speculation based on the name. Um, but that's one I've been, those two I've been thinking about for a while. You know, you don't pick, do you pick obviously Hebrew names, Zephiloni? Pick obviously Hebrew names uh, without at least some nod to uh, to their biblical story. I think in Star Wars, it is, that's the thing about Star Wars. That's the thing why this podcast can happen. I was thinking about this. It isn't a secular story. It's something, as a believer, you know, just watching The Force Awakens last night and seeing Han's, Han's line about it's true, all of it. Um, for Hollywood, right? I mean, Hollywood never gets faith right. <laughs> Hollywood, I mean, as someone who, who knows a thing or two about church vestments, uh, they never, ever, ever get that right. Some pretty legendary screw-ups. But I think the funny thing about Star Wars is they get belief and the experience of belief. They get it. And, and we watch as Christians, as believers of, of other faiths too, I think we can watch and say, oh yeah, there is some mystical energy that not so much controls and dictates, but that invites me into uh, seeking my destiny. So uh, I think they're, they're also all that to say is that I think they're fairly literate <laughs> and George Lucas clearly, clearly was um, fairly literate even now in in these references and in these clues and that it's just this subtle tapestry um, yeah. thinking of any other parallels looking around at my my collection here uh, uh, <laughs> my action figures no I can't really think of all that many um, if you think of some let me know uh, comment send me a message uh, tweet me at m or tweet me at neug four eighty five. Uh, follow me on Instagram at mneug four eleven thirty eight. Sorry, In, Twitter is neug four eighty five. Instagram is mneug eleven thirty eight. So, thanks again for listening. Thanks again for uh, hanging on this season. Um, you know, uh, we'll see if we can transition into last jedi talk and speculation who knows the next few weeks but for now this has been season one episode 16 of for christ's sake anakin uh three weeks away guys let's let's have some fun uh, thanks again for listening may the force be with you